Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. A little shout out to my two producers here today. Uh, Jacob and Benny, good morning to you both. Good morning. Yo. Yo is right. Yo is right. <laughs> What's left? You know, so when you get to this time bad. of year, right, let's just talk about it, because this <laughs> okay. is right in the wheelhouse of, of my very special guest today, Linda, Linda Schiller. Um, we're going to be talking about PTS dreams, transform your nightmares from trauma through healing. This is something I learned as a very young child. I didn't know though. I didn't know that. I didn't know what I was doing, but this is the season. We've already started this now, right? You guys, we've already started with Halloween one, uh, then the two, then the revenge Halloween one, <laughs> then like, then there's like four or five and now Jamie Lee Curtis is back. She's like the little energizer bunny, but nothing gave me, there are two movies. No, there are three. There's only one movie in my life I've ever walked out of. Um, and that was Cape Fear with Robert De Niro. That was just too, too close to psychological truth. But the others, I grew up on comic books. I threw up, grew up on horror films. I mean, I did, that was my way out. I mean, I was a kid from the Bronx and you know, anything that would get me out of the streets, except when I was in the streets having fun, but then I got out because I was having too much fun. <laughs> but I went to the movies and I didn't care. And, you know, horror movies, I love them all. I saw them all. I still do. But there are a few horror movies that get so close to home. They hit us with something. Now, why am I talking about these? I'm talking about these because each of us has our own version of nightmares. And if you talk to people right now, you're going to understand why Linda's work is so important. People have not gotten over the past three years. Let me just be very clear. I don't care what your politicians are saying is over. I, I'm, let's just be very real about this. We want to make like everything is good and it is good, but there is healing work that needs to be done. There is healing work that needs to be done. How does it show up? Today, you're going to hear how to turn your anxiety filled or that's what I like to see your heart pounding dreams into resources for spiritual growth because you can, you could, you will. And what you're going to hear today is how to do it. Now, Linda, of course, she and I, we, we were just chuckling. We haven't talked in a really long time, but I'll tell you, we're both like little Energizer Bunnies. We just keep <laughs> kicking. International speaker, dream work specialist, integrative mind, uh, and spiritual psychotherapist. Thank you that we could even say that. I almost lost my license for saying that once. Yeah. Author of Modern Dream Work, New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom. So much more. Thank you to Llewellyn. Thank you to all the people that step out and support books like this. Thank you, everybody. Linda, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Pat. So good to see you again. It is good. Now, look, let me just tell everybody, because I just got a text message already from somebody. Are you going to tell us what the movies were, Pat? Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, they don't miss anything, right? Wow, not a, okay. not a trick. Okay, two movies that were so close to home, not all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies that anybody that is that sick to create movies about <laughs> about some crazy guy that's going to pull you through your bed there's just like it's just crazy but those are movies we're living real-time movies linda from where you sit all the work that you've done over the time that you've done it we got some new movies going on 
what is your version of what people are experiencing now? So, Pat, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said the last three years aren't over yet. And as a psychotherapist, I've been, and a dream worker, I've been doing this work for about over 40 years. So as you, the little Energizer bunny keeps, keeps going here. Um, and people's dreams and nightmares change when they are exposed to trauma. They particularly change and become darker, scarier, and more, as you quoted from the book, heart pounding, when the trauma is ongoing, and then the dreams or nightmares get repetitive and ongoing. And as I point out in the book, there are two types of trauma that we can be faced with, personal trauma and public trauma. So from time immemorial, people have had difficult life experiences. Things happen in their childhood. There's abusive homes. There's homes with substance abuse. There's neglect. There's um, abandonment. There's, there's unprecedented loss that isn't in the sort of normal course of human events. There's all sorts of things that might be traumatic in our personal lives. Then there's public trauma, the things that happen in the world that affect us. Things like natural disasters, things like violence, things like war, things like climate change. And for the first time in several centuries, things like a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. So people have been just bombarded with trauma in their public life over the last several years from all these things. And when our system can metabolize and sort of digest the things that happen to us. We don't get heart pounding repetitive nightmares because our system in its wisdom knows how to kind of rinse out the stuff that happened over the day or meta, um, metabolize it into some kind of a metaphor, make meaning out of it, use our dreams as practice for things. Yeah. But when we're bombarded and there's no escape, we don't metabolize and then we need some extra help. And that's where the PTSD comes in. I got to tell you, I mean, there's a latest study that just came out. And I say just came out. I think I'm trying to get the date of it. Um, I, I think it was this month. It was the um, uh, Stress in America report. Mm. And, and of course, the Ukraine, and according to a lot of people, the Ukraine has caused a new level of awareness on the, the nature of global stress. Right. Uh, but... This is the real issue. 87% say that it feels like there has been a constant stream of crisis, right, without a break over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the relationship between what I just said and what we're talking about? Because people don't understand the relationship to what goes on every day. And then what happens when our, when our heads hit the pillow? Maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Because we, it's not like you just do the erase, erase, erase. If you don't know how to do it, you don't do it. Right. But we're going to talk about how to turn these, these what we call nightmares, how to turn these outrageously powerful thoughts and consciousness into something. But let's talk about the idea of what happens when we take the stress, our heads hit the bed. It's not like it goes away, Linda. Right. We, who was it who said, uh, wherever we go, there we are? I think John Cabot's <laughs> in, right? And um, I love that quote. Isn't that great? So, whatever's going on in our life is coming to bed with us, for, for better or worse. Um, and if our daily life or the environment we're living in is very stressful, we carry that stress with us at night as well. So when we get to that part of the, the show, we'll talk about what you can do to create a boundary and a separation between what's happening in your daily life and what happens when you go to sleep. And then we'll also talk about what do you do with the dreams when they come through as nightmares and then you wake up and how do you, you work with them. But nightmares are one of the classic symptoms of PTSD, of post-traumatic stress disorder. So 
along with flashbacks and anxiety and high startle response and behavioral changes and anxiety and depression, like the whole long list of things is part of what we call sort of colloquially as PTSD. Um, let me say one word quickly about sure. PTSD. So it's post-traumatic stress disorder. So I want to really make sure that our listeners know that not everyone who has trauma in their life develops PTSD. It's not a given because the D stands for disorder. And in order for something to be sort of classified, if you will, in the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, which is sort of the Bible of, of, uh, of a therapy world in terms of diagnosis, you've got to have these experiences of disrupted life for at least six months. So it's normal to have nightmares. It's normal to have high startle response. It's normal to feel anxious following traumatic events in your life. That's not a disorder. That's a normal response to, to things that happen to us where we feel out of control, where we are out of control, where we're trapped, where we're injured, where our loved ones are hurt. Ideally, we metabolize that. Our systems rise up if we have enough internal and external resources in our life. Our systems rise up to meet the challenges, metabolize it, and we sort of move on and don't develop with PTSD. When we don't have enough resources in our life for whatever reason, that's when we don't metabolize and it becomes a disorder. So I just want to say not everyone who has trauma is going to get PTSD. No. And that's why I wanted you to really talk about it, though, because, uh, you know, the reason I bring it up is because what we've seen now is we've seen a heightened level of so many things here in the past couple of years. But PTSD, Linda, right? If you could just reflect on this for a minute. I remember the first time I really heard it as a serious thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't World War II. Right. And it wasn't World War One. It was Vietnam. That's right. Right. I mean, I'm not saying these other I'm not saying these other things did not have it. Let me be clear, because they did. Yep. But there was something about the Vietnam War that really affected so many people, not just the people that went over there, but the people that came back. I mean, so many people that I think was the first time we heard it, I think. Um, and then, of course, we kept hearing it over and over again. Now, I want to ask you this question because this is really the connection that you make. And this is the connection that so many have not made. And that is between what goes on in our daily lives and then what goes on in our dreams. And you've made that connection, right? Yeah. yeah. You have to make the connection because you have to be able to help people get sleep. You know, sleep and not being able to sleep right now is right at the top of the food chain. You right. know, right? Um, yeah. How do you, how, how do you, when we're talking about this and you're working with people, Linda, you must hear these stories over and over. You have to hear them over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. But what was it that had the light bulb go on for you where you said, wait a minute, we can transform these. We can do mm -hmm. something different. What happened? That's a wonderful question. And I have to actually think about it for a minute um let me as i'm thinking about that question let me back up and respond to your your astute comments about the vietnam war and when we started to hear about ptsd yeah. because that's actually when the term was coined and we in world war one and world war two there was no diagnosis of right. ptsd they used to call it shell shock right? yes that's right Come, go home come back they'd send them out into the field as quickly as possible to get over their shell shock in the Vietnam War, the soldiers were so distressed that there, there, it became clear to the therapeutic community there was something more going on here. And this is related to the second question you asked, which I'm going to circle back to here. What there are two elements that contribute to, to us feeling traumatized and getting PTSD. One is, well, th let's say three. One is what happens to us. Two is how we react and respond to what happens to us. And three is what are the presence or absence of supports that greet us or meet us or lack thereof after the trauma. Actually, I'm gonna add four to the list. Okay. Developmental stage. How old are we? 
when the traumatic events happen. And this is a big difference between the soldiers in World War I and II and the soldiers in Vietnam. A, the soldiers who were off in World War II, the average age of the soldier was about 22. In Vietnam, the average age of the soldier was about 18. Developmentally, the World War II vets were older, more mature, had more of their prefrontal cortex online in their brains um, when they went off to war than the kids who were sent to Vietnam. They weren't as psychologically ready because they were younger developmentally. That's yeah. part A. Part B, when the soldiers came home from World War I and II, they were greeted with a hero's welcome. That is not what happened after no. Vietnam. They were shunned, they were reviled, they were, they were yelled at, they were uh, shamed. And oh, so beyond added pressure and stress of not only did they go through the trauma in Vietnam, then they had trauma upon trauma with the way they were greeted at home and the lack of services to support them. And that is why those two reasons are why we saw more and more PTSD. And the, the term was actually coined right around that time in the 60s um, for these returning vets. Now, you, go ahead. But this is what I this is why we're talking about this now, because yeah. that little statistic I just read earlier really indicates what a a a consistent flow of things. That's right. A consistent flow. And you know, we made a major um in the field of psychology, I'm just gonna say it out loud. Um, the field that you and I are in, one of the fields you and I are in. <laughs> the fact that our industry ignored and blew off the financial the effect of the financial crisis of 08 09 010 the fact that our world blew that off mm -hmm. and really didn't give the level of ptsd that arrived from that there are nightmares still keeping there are people are still up at night from how they well, i had a friend that went from a top speaker to homeless in sacramento and so what you're covering here is the good, the bad, the ugly, and then the incidental, because so often we look at 9-11, right? Mm -hmm. We did a whole series on 9-11, the aftermath of 9-11, though, what people experienced in, in New York, not just from 9-11, yeah. but almost five years after being reminded, right? Aren't we talking about the absolutely utmost need to transform and do something different with PTS dreams. Yeah, we are. So what you're talking about, Pat, is the cumulative effect of unaddressed and unresolved trauma in our lives. And when there's been one trauma in our life that is not properly addressed, healed, sufficiently resolved, the next time another one comes down the pike, it's adding insult to injury and it's again cumulative and it makes it worse. And then there are triggers. If we haven't resolved, if we haven't pun intended sort of put to bed our traumatic response in a way that is allows us to transform and heal, um, then our life is full of these little triggers that remind us yeah. of the traumatic events. And then we're overreacting to little things because they remind us of the big things. Yeah. So that also is part of why people have nightmares. They're chronically triggered by small or large events that happen in their daily life. And then it shows up at night when we sleep and our conscious waking mind is kind of put to bed for the night. It allows room for the, the rest of our brain, the other 80% of our brain that is in our conscious mind and our unconscious self to rise up without the sensor, right? That keeps it down in the day. Yeah. And when this rises up, the things we haven't looked at, that we didn't want to look at, that we were afraid to look at, that we didn't have support to look at, they've got free reign. Yeah. I, I love that we're talking about this because when we come back from break, we're going to talk about what the solution is, but there's a new trauma and I know you're plugged into it and I want to talk about it. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it. Uh, and you mentioned the word desensitize. I want to ask you about this. Look, what does desensitize mean to a lot mm -hmm. of us? Okay. Here's what it means. What it means is since Anne Rice wrote her first vampire book, Mm. I love Anne. I wish she was still here. Since she she wrote her first whatever Anne wrote, the entire 
interview with the vampire, the whole deal. Since that point in time, we have been so desensitized to it, a horror that went generations, the whole idea of vampires. We've been so desensitized to it that the next version of vampire movies had to come from a romance. So it's not a surprise mm -hmm. now why people are just, some people are feeling the latest interview with the vampire television thing and some people are not. But here's what I'm trying to say. We've moved into a new era now. Now, what is the new era, Linda? It's the new era where Mary unfriends me on my phone mm. and it, or whatever the language is. I apologize in advance for this. Uh, but Mary all of a sudden is unfriending me, now slandering me. I cannot put down my phone. I go to bed with my phone by my head at night. Linda, this yep. is the new war zone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm with you. Right. And if you don't think that that keeps people up at night, it does. And, you know, the, one of the greatest things we haven't talked about is familia incidences, yeah. the family. So put the wars, put the things we know, put them on the sidebar for a moment. That's right. There are things in our history and our ancestry and our living and our lives. You know, we're just now finding out what some childhoods are like. How do all of these different type things now affect the dreams? So what you're talking about, the, the two things you mentioned with the phones and Mary unfriending you and the phones by your bed every night or your head, this has become inescapable for a whole generation of young people and some older adults as well. Used to be that when a kid was bullied at school, they came home and there was a safe haven. That's like, there's no safe haven now because the bully follows them on social media and follows them literally into their bedroom at night. So we need to teach our kids how to turn off the social media, how to react and respond to places where it's following them around and get a break um, to be able to soothe, to heal. In order to heal, we have to have some times in our life when we're not in the middle of a traumatic event or a, a blocking of, the, of our friendships or an abandonment or somebody being mean to us. And that means taking some action steps to do something yeah. different. Yeah. And I, I think I, when we come back, we have to really drive this point home, Linda, because, you know, transform your nightmares from trauma through healing dream work. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. But how often have you watched parents or relatives just say to their 30 something year old daughter, just put your phone down, just put your phone away, just, you know, as if it's like, okay, tie your shoes. It is not really, we have right now a new version of PTSD nightmares. It's an addiction. It's an addiction and it's an emotional one. That's right. That right there, that will turn your good night's sleep into the most horrific versions of your life called a nightmare. Linda, how do we find out about you? How do we get a copy of the book? And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to break up the round and round we go thing. Great. So to get a copy of the book and read about it, there's a website for the book. And the website is simply www.ptsdreams.com. And it'll tell you more about the book, a little bit more about me, links to various places you can get it, including the publisher Llewellyn, course amazon uh, indie bookstore called bookshop and then i have a website a personal website that's linda yael schiller that's l-i-n-d-a-y-a-e-l-s-c-h-i-l-l-e-r.com so that's well, where you can read about me <laughs> i love it and you know there's lots of information there this is not linda's first book by the way and this is a body of work she's committed to the other thing is ask yourself this question is there a role that spirituality plays in all of this what is that role how do you use it? And when we come back, we're going to hear about beautiful techniques that Linda has developed. She uses that work. You can change this now. Benny Jacob, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. 
Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. It's time to tap into your divine self through angelic guidance. Join your host, Cindy Smith, and co-hosts in the Angel Empowerment Show from I Can't to I Can, airing every Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn from four of the best angel empowerment practitioners in the field. Together, they will share experiential teachings and offer live on-air professional angel card readings and much more. For more information, visit CindySmithAEP.com. Do you get stuck in that someday attitude, living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You Show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.LeahRowling.com. Power Up with Dr. Pat at a new time. The Dr. Pat Show is still bringing you talk radio to thrive by now at a new time. Listen and watch live on KKNW and the Transformation Network Mondays and Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Stay tuned for new perspectives, powerful conversations, and epic transformation. For more information on how and where to find Dr. Pat and the rest of the Transformation Network hosts, visit thedrpatshow.com. You are made for more. I'm Coach Lisa, and I'm here to help you achieve ultimate life satisfaction. Your life matters to the world. Reimagine your future with an individualized life by design approach with my free ebook, The Five C's of Coaching Commitment, Clarity, Coachable, Creative, and Change. Find the transformation you're looking for. Go to lisabeltz.com. That's L Y S A B E L T Z.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of the Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. Independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back to PTS Dreams, Transform Your Nightmares from Trauma Through Healing Dreamwork. That is Linda Schiller's latest book. Um, if you know anything about Linda's work, you know that this is an area of work that she is an expert in. You know, she is that person that you want to pick up the phone and talk to and you want to call. You want to have a conversation with her, even if you don't know what the questions are, you don't know what's happening. And by the way, let me make sure you all know uh, Linda's right here to talk to you now, 1-800-930-2819. Before we do this, again, how do we get the book and how do we find out about you? Thanks, Pat. Um, the book, PTS Dreams, has its own website. So you can go to www.ptsdreams.com, learn a little bit more about the book and links for how to buy it, including from the publisher and other um, online options. And then if you want to learn a little bit more about me and my practice, and I also offer workshops and help people set up dream circles, um, Linda Yael Schiller, L-I-N-D-A-Y-A-E-L-S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R.com is my personal website. You can connect with me through that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, look, a lot to talk about, but before we went to break, what we were talking about, or at least we were talking about during the break was <laughs> the fact that while we're talking about a new level of 
a new level of anxiety, a new level of, you know, worry, like that study, 87%. There's just been no relief from crisis after crisis after crisis. Um, you know, we've been talking about that. It's very different because we don't have the tangibility. And I want to talk about that, especially with familia. I want to talk about that as it relates to our family, as it relates to things that have happened in our family. Because a lot of times these are not, I use the word tangible, Linda, because I can't, it's not like you could look at the devastation of, of, okay. of the war or even what happened in Florida. I mean, I looked at what happened in Florida and I'm telling you, I saw my mom go through Andrew and mm -hmm. lose everything. So when I watched that, mm -hmm. a little bit of that like was hitting me and I'm not, my mom's not in Florida, right? But you could see how just watching some of that was reminiscent of something that happened in my family. Now, couple that with serious family things, physical mm -hmm. abuse, emotional abuse, right? right? So talk about the family PTS yeah. dreams. So as I said before, there's public trauma and private trauma. And one of the things that differentiates them is in public trauma, there's really no question about, did this happen? Um, we get seen, we get recognized. The people in Florida say, oh my God, you've been through this horrific hurricane. Let's give you support. And the world kind of says, yeah, this is horrible and this happens. So it's acknowledged. In private trauma that happens in the privacy of people's homes, in institutional settings, in schools, in religious organizations, it happens behind closed doors. And there's no overt, usually there's no overt signs physically to see what goes on. So there's an added layer of secrecy and an added layer of shame because it's a secret that makes recovery and healing even more um, tricky, if, if you will. And sometimes then it comes down to he said, she said, um, rather than an acknowledgement of, yes, this horrible thing happened. So then we have an added layer of trauma that the survivor has to work through and deal with. So that's part A, and then part B in familial trauma is there's what's called ancestral legacy burdens. In other words, things that didn't even happen to you, but that happened in your family history to your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents or even farther back are still passed on and carried on in our genetic coding. So there's a whole new field of study called epigenetics, where we're learning that things that happened many generations ago, ago don't get passed on in the same way that you know, someone has blonde hair or someone has blue eyes gets passed on, but there's a, a transformation called methylization in our genes that carries on the effect of the trauma. And one of the ways to understand that is through parenting styles and techniques. So if your family history includes um, a family who had to escape violence, they, they left pogroms, they left war, they left violence, they were immigrants two or three generations ago from wherever your family came from to the United States, your grandparents were parented by people who were fearful and afraid for their lives. So then they parented your parents as a result of having learned don't trust a stranger, keep your head down, be on the alert all the time. And your parents learned that at the hands of their parents. And then they passed that down to you, even though you personally didn't experience having to hide in the forest to escape um, a, a war scene or, or violence. So you personally didn't experience having to run from a, a pogrom where someone was trying to kill you. It's part of what's passed down both in your genetic code and in the parenting styles. So part of what happens in our dreams and nightmares is that these family legacy messages get passed down. And when we dream, we more often than not dream in symbol and metaphor rather than something literal. Sometimes we do dream through literal things, having repetitive nightmares of things that happen to us. But when we can identify what actually is part of our life and what actually happened several gener generations ago by sorting out and peeling back the layers of our dream, then we get to go, oh, this was real. Yeah. It happened to my grandparents, but it's not my reality. Then we get to take the breath. And that's the beginning of a piece of healing to recognize that happened to people, 
but it's not my story. I have a different story and I can yeah. continue with my story, which is different from theirs. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I want to tell people that sometimes you may not think that what it is like, let me give you a very specific example, which I had to work through. You know, my dad um, lost everything. You know, he was uh, at some level, he was successful as a truck driver owned a trucking company. Uh, and then it was gone. And that I was about age six, seven, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then your life changes. Now, that's just one example. But many, many people go through that. You and I were talking during the break about the impact of 08, 09, 010. You know, I call it 8, 9, 10. Some people just want to call it 10 whatever you call it, it was uh, close to the, the Great Depression, right. like what year was that? I don't know. But yeah. it was the greatest financial um, crisis that brought down a lot of countries, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But in the United States, in particular, it was so unresolved there was not even close to a solution for so many people people lost their homes children changed their whole perspective on work and career mm -hmm. so you know when my friends call me and say what do you think of quiet quitting I say thank god <laughs> I mean it, it, they, they, they're like what you're a consultant you know you're never going to get a gig if you say that I said no let's be real you know there's nothing quiet about it First of all, people have changed their view of work. They have looked at the psychological contract and they said, we're just going to balance it. It's not that easy to do with emotional trauma. It's mm -hmm. not that easy to do. You know, we don't have sort of, we feel we don't have Linda control. Isn't that what a lot of the issues are around nightmares, right? Right. And that's where the leaning in toward healing comes in. Because yeah. in our nightmares, we feel that we have no control. So, and in our lives, there's certain developmental stages where it's true, just be, by virtue of being a little person, of being a right. kid, <laughs> being a teenager, the big people have all the control. So there's a normative time, you know, for kids when they have nightmares, it doesn't mean they have necessarily trauma going on. It means in their life, they feel out of control because they are, but they're going to outgrow that. So that's not necessarily trauma. It's different when there are traumatic events that you can't escape. You are trapped. You can't get away from. You truly are out of control. And it's not about, uh, you know, growing into a different life stage. So part of the healing is figuring out ways to intervene. And in, in the book, I sort of divided into before, during, and after your dream. What can you do to get some protection, to get some healing, to be accompanied so that you're no longer alone. This is the, one of the key things with trauma is that we feel so alone and unsupported in traumatic events. And in our nightmares, we are subject to all kinds of demons and monsters and chases and, and falling and all the scary things that happen in our dreams. If we can learn how to bring in resources so that we have help and somebody with us that already takes away some of the fear and terror not to have to face it alone. So that's Let's talk about how to do that, too, because, you know, as a kid, I learned something very interesting. Um, very young age, seven, eight years old. I told you a lot of comic books, a lot of sci-fi, anything to take me out of my reality as a mm. young kid. Yeah. And what I would do at night is I could not sleep. I would have nightmares that were just mm. stunning. I had a reoccurring nightmare about stepping I stepped into a yellow jacket nest when I must have been about four years old mm -hmm. so I had this reoccurring bee dream but I took all of these little these fictional characters everybody from the Draculas to the Frankensteins the whole realm of them all of them Godzilla was a thing then and uh -huh. I made them my allies in my dreams I would I would prepare my dream before I went to bed that's uh -huh. what I would do. I would say, this is what we're going to dream about. Um, right. Now, I don't even know what that's called. All I know is it worked for me. And by the way, it still works for me mm -hmm. as an adult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there are ways and tools for people to literally heal. See, the idea, I think, is it's great to have an army of people that protect you while you're sleeping. Wouldn't it be great to not have to protect yourself while you're sleeping? <laughs> 
that's that's got to be the end game, Linda, right? <laughs> so let me let me say a couple things sure. in response to what you said. So I, you just put the pieces together because you had mentioned before that you loved comic books and scary movies and things like that, and you read a lot of superhero comic books. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned before that there was a period of time in your life where your 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 family fortunes, if you will, changed. Your dad lost a mm-hmm. job, and you had to kind of recalibrate what your life was like. And I'm pretty sure I'm going out on a really sturdy limb here that it wasn't a coincidence that you were reading about superheroes to keep you safe at a time in your life when your family was kind of feeling facing sort of precarious financial. And my mom passed away when I was six. I mean, it was just, it was like the perfect storm. And, you know, back then I did have my, they, they always sent me to Dr. Jacoby. He was not very helpful, but we had a Dr. Jacoby, you know, that would like to give you medication. But in my case, I don't know why he didn't have, apparently Jacoby didn't have anything for me, uh, for my parents, for me. But you're right. Everything you just described is perfectly on point. Not to mention my dad then remarries, right? And here we go. But people go through this now on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So let me back up for a minute and connect your story people know you so let's connect your story with the with the method with the Gaia method yes you very brilliantly in your six-year-old seven-year-old wisdom (laughs) did the Gaia method yourself you brought in superhero allies right into your dreams at night and you did a process without knowing what it was called dream incubation dream incubation means before you go to sleep at night you spend some time thinking about and writing in your journal you didn't you might not have written in your journal as a kid but as an adult you write about the issue or the dilemma that you're struggling with and dealing with and then you ask for a healing dream to help you cope with that issue or dilemma if you're dealing with very scary things you also invoke the Gaia method and I will explain what that is in a minute but you somehow spontaneously knew that there was way too much going on in your life than you could personally cope with. So before you went to sleep at night, you actually did that. You invited all your superhero friends in and said, come on with me into my dreams. And you empowered yourself in your sleep by inviting in the superheroes, doing your own six-year-old form of dream incubation. So bravo on that brilliant <laughs> strategy that you discovered that to help you through what I imagine was a pretty difficult time. Well, so listen to the question that just came in on my on my little text message. So Dr. Pat, Linda, so what was your everybody abbreviate? So let bear with me a minute. So what was your favorite or fiercest? Sorry, what was your fiercest movie character? Which one did you love the most? Did you call? Oh, that okay. Here it is. That's easy. I love them all, but there was one that I related to as a young kid. Now they don't. They, they didn't do this with the upgraded version of Godzilla, Mothra. <laughs> but Mothra the moth. So back in the day, they had these two twin, beautiful Asian that would sing, and bring this beautiful moth in, and. Oh. And it was so, it's so weird that that question came up because I was, yes, very disappointed in what happened in the latest movies. But there's something about that. There's this fierce everyday thing, a moth, right? Like this thing that flies in your house. And it becomes a superhero because these two young, beautiful Asian characters in the movie at the time are just singing beautifully. Now, is, is that the only time? So here's what you're saying about this. And this is what I would encourage people that are listening to do. This was my childhood. Uh, if anybody ever saw the, di- the, uh, the tattoo I drew from my back, you'd understand everything I said is true once you looked at it. But people have to pick their own remedy. So in the world today, it may be minions. Maybe you got the minion army. Minion. Did I say that right, Jacob? Um, th- th- you know, those cartoon little, little minions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever makes sense. That's right. Right, Linda? Right. Right. So in the Gaia method, there are two parts. Well, there are two parts in a bridge. 
So before we work directly with the scary monsters in our dreams, we need to get some protection and safety and accompaniment before diving in. Because the last thing we want to do is re-traumatize ourselves or the people oh that we're working with if you're a professional. Yeah. So with your regular, you know, ordinary dreams or your you know, mildly upsetting dreams that aren't super bad nightmares, just go ahead and do whatever dream work you, you ordinarily would do. But if you're dealing with very, very scary dreams, if you're dream, dealing with dreams from trauma, think about following this, this method. And the first part, part one is gather in your resources, gather in the people, real or imaginary, alive or dead, the pets, the spiritual beings, the objects, gather in anyone and everything that you associate with safety and protection. So if you associate these beautiful little singing Asian moths with safety and protection, by all means, gather them into your posse. And, and I love that they were singing. It's like there was there was like a lullaby quality the way you described it that was so sweet. Because I never I never saw scary movies. I'm one of those thin boundary people that I do I do not see scary movies. That's just like I know that would seep into my dreams, so I just don't go there. Right. Um, one of my clients, her favorite character was Xeno Warrior Princess. Oh no, kidding! Right? I mean, who? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got yeah. Zena became the war Zena and the original Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. For young girls. Yeah. Right? And now Gal Gadot is, is, is awesome. No kidding. I mean, and she... uh, another person I worked with invited Gandalf from the wizard. From wow, the right. Yeah. And see, people invite... see, this is cool. Yeah. Right. And you can invite departed relatives, your grandmother, who was like, you know, the one whose lap you went to when you needed a good hug and a good cry. You can invite spiritual beings. If you believe or connected to angels, invite Archangel Michael, Michael in to protect you. Um, sit in. Yeah. One of my clients the other day said, I'm going to I'm going to sit with Jesus. I'm going to sit in Jesus. Oh, totally. I did. I did, I did that too for yeah. years. Yeah. 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 Surround yourself with a circle of light. Get the right color, whether it's white or blue or golden. Surround yourself with this bubble of healing, protective energy. Bring in your favorite pet, your pet who died, who was your spirit animal, who's crossed the rainbow bridge. Bring him or her in. Mm. Get a posse so you feel just right. Yeah. If you need objects too, bring in your special talisman that keeps you safe. Bring in your favorite t-shirt. When... um. When my daughter was young, when I would go out of town for some reason, she would take one of my night shirts and she would sleep with it every night. So that was her her protective literal garment. She would just like take mommy's night shirt and, and it helped her feel safe at night when I wasn't there. So basically what you're saying is, look, the mind is, I'm going to paraphrase Linda, because mm -hmm. your work is way more powerful than what I'm about to say. But, but the mind in our consciousness and our subconsciousness is powerful, but we also can use it as a powerful ally. And we don't think to do this enough. Now, since the law of attraction and, you know, a lot of people want to give the movie the secret credit. I really go further back than that. I go back to Catherine Ponder and Emma Curtis Hopkins and some of the other people that really laid the foundation for positive living. And you mentioned Jesus. Let's even go back there. I mean, my gosh you sure. know, positive affirmation living. But see, this is what you're saying is we can take our contemporary world and instead of having it use us, we can use the creativity we're now seeing, yeah, right. blockbuster creativity that we're absorbing ourselves with. And this is how we can turn devastation into destiny. I mean, this is really the most important tool because mm -hmm. people are not sleeping, Linda. And I'm not just talking adults. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, it's really interesting that you, you talked about the creativity and turning. I love that phrase you just said, turning devastation into destiny. Because, and you mentioned before with the, with the pandemic, that there were some horrible things, obviously, that resulted from yep. the pandemic and some wonderful things. Yep. Think about all the people who had more time on their hands. And then what did they do with it? They got more sleep because we're in a sleep deprived culture. So they didn't have to set their alarm and commute to work for an hour in the morning. They just turn on their computer and get to work with only, you know, needing to be, be, be dressed appropriately from the waist up, right? They could leave the jammies on from the waist down. <laughs> um, people learned how to knit. People learned how to um, 
bake bread. People learn all sorts of skills that they, they might not have had time to. And just even for me personally, I, I had I knew I had this other book to write this um, on, on post-traumatic nightmares. I wasn't planning to write it so soon. But when the pandemic happened, I was really called. Yeah. I, I just heard, don't wait. Yes, so exactly. My pandemic project, right? This this was my pandemic project. Exactly. Writing, writing right. a book. And that's that one it came, was is when it came through. Because um, you know, I wasn't going, I wasn't going to the movies, I wasn't going out to dinner, I wasn't getting together with my friends except, you know, rare occasions outdoors. So I had I had more time to sit down and and, and you know, sort of channel it in, into the creativity. And, you know, and not just on that level, but on every level, people have done that. Everything from improving the digital realm we're in to allowing 12-step meetings to be online now, which was horrific. It wasn't, that is, was a proposition, Linda, that would never even be allowed at the conference meetings because I tried like eight times. Mm. It would never be, and then here we are. But mm-hmm. the most important thing is what you're talking about now. We need relief from the 87% of people that say we are not getting any relief. And crisis after crisis, we do take that to the pillow, don't we? Mm-hmm. So without, so if we want to not take it to the pillow with us, um, Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, talked about the dreams that haunted her midnight pillow, yeah. which is such an evocative phrase and and by the way frankenstein emerged full-blown from a nightmare that she had and she just kind of had to transcribe her dream and there we had the whole story so we want to create as best as we can some barriers and separation healthy boundaries between ourselves and the slings and arrows of daily life so before we go to sleep at night Create some bedtime rituals to help you separate from whatever is going on in your daily life that's upsetting to from your sleeping life. Take that shower, visualize washing the stress of the day off you, put on some comfy clothes, imagine surrounding yourself, your bed, your pillow with light. Keep your journal next to you. I'm seeing from in the chat here that we've just got about a minute left. Um, Write down the question that you want to have answered in your dreams. That's the incubation. When you wake up, if you have a dream, as best as you can, write it down right away so you can not only capture it, because it'll disappear if if you don't write it down, but so that you can work with it. And you mentioned before the repetitive nightmares, the round and round. I have a whole chapter in the book on working with repetitive nightmares. But if you're keeping track in your journal, you can see the progress yeah. you're making in healing the repetitive dreams and themes so that you can track what's beginning to shift, what's beginning to change as you do the work on healing and transformation. I love it. Linda, thank you so much for everything. Book is available everywhere, right? Yes. Thank you so much for today. Benny, thank you so much. Jacob, thank you. And remember all of you what you heard Linda say today. You can turn this around. See, this is one of these things where you think you have no control when your head hits that pillow. And now we're saying, take it back. Take your power back. You know, create what Linda just talked about. And if you get her book, there's much more detail in there. If you are really stuck, reach out, call her, talk to her. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. We'll see you next time.